Verulam Sports. Hello again and welcome to Verulam Sport Podcasting. This is Tony Rice and regular listeners know I'm a massive advocate, true believer in the importance of sports to unite communities, um, to empower uh, people. And we are lucky now to be joined by a man who is really pioneering the, that ethos. It's Amram Malik, one of the senior wickets with a Z. Love that. Down with the kids, Amran. Senior Wickets Development Officer, Amran Malik. Amran, welcome to Verum Sports. How are you? I am, thank you. Thank you for having me, Tony. Absolutely, sincerely, my pleasure. I truly appreciate the ethos of what you guys are all about, and I'm excited for you to explain a little bit more about this. Um, so, yes, just give us an idea. Wickets, um, I think, part in the country, but I think you're based uh, kind of Luton way. What's it all about and what's its aims and goals? So the Lord's Taverners Wickets Programme, it started off um, in Luton around 2016 with the objective of trying to engage the community and creating sustainable community hubs across the town and giving youth that live in areas of deprivation an opportunity to participate in a great sport which brings people together, gives them the necessary life skills to not only use in the game, but in life as a whole. So the, the purpose behind it was to um, create these community uh, programs. And they're so crucial, aren't they? Because when people embrace them, and then in a little moment or two, we'll talk about the fantastic stats, which literally prove the point. They're life enhancing, they're community developing, and they, as you say, enrich people, whether they pursue cricket to whatever level, or they just apply it uh, in general terms. But obviously, from inception, you're going into uh, certain sort of deprived areas. What were the big challenges to get people to uh, engage in those early phases? Because what we did was, um, because before we set up a hub, we, we, had, we set up some steering groups, spoke to key stakeholders in the town, particularly the, the local MPs and the councillors, the Beds Police, as well as um, the authorities, to find out where are the you know the antisocial behavior areas where is their challenges and because it's it's not just like a, a we you know a few weeks in a year program it's a 50 week in a year program we only close for christmas so wherever we set up a hub we first look at how sustainable can it be how will it run you know and, and so based on that consultation we were able to determine the parts of the town of where to put the hubs and now very fortunately we have nine hubs across primary secondary schools and uh, and colleges across the town and the challenges were always there because some people aren't keen on cricket so what we did was because we believe in order for communities to coexist especially a town like Luton which has 200,000 people you know there's you know challenges of segregation and geopolitical divisions um, because it's something like seven ethnicities which love the game of cricket. So our dilemma and challenge was, how can we set up com community sustainable hubs and bring the community together? And we understood that not everybody likes cricket. Now, statistically, um, a, a survey that was conducted in Luton, cricket was the most popular sport amongst the youth. So we, we were pushing an open door. Nice. However, there is a great appetite for football, basketball, netball, so what we decided to do is bring the sports together because when the sports learn to coexist, 
then communities will learn to coexist. And using that strategy, step one, so we didn't just go through the school just to say, oh, we've got community cricket house, which we did for wickets, but we partnered with Luton Town Football Club Foundation, you know, the Basketball Development League and, and Netball Luton and, and brought every, the sports together. And by doing that, showing that unified approach, we were able to unify a town. And over three years since the programs, since I've been managing the program, we've seen a reduction in crime as compared to against the rest of the country. So um, it's a sustainable development program that's that's worked and, and it's doing really well. Well, forgive the pun, but I'm bowled over by those uh, facts. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, the thing is, what I appreciate there is that I speak to an awful lot of people within different uh, spheres, at different levels of sport. But one of my particular passions are these vital community developing roles uh, in different forms. And the thing that's really struck me, the one kind of key common denominator, they all have these strong principle values and they're doing lots of great things in and of their own right. But where they really gather the momentum is when they um, connect with wider partners. So there's shared resources and pool of ideas. I know you work closely also there with the um, Lords Taverners, the ECB. Uh, you've already mentioned the netball side of things in Luton Football Club. Uh, but as I say, the police involved as well. Just give us an insight into how crucial all these partners working in tandem is to this proven success that you're continuing to develop. Because having a collaboration and working together with a common goal, because something we realized quite early on um, was working together, we we're able to do more. And if we can find similarities rather than differences, we're going to get on. And, and, and we, we faced that quite early on. So when I took the, over the program in early 2018, there was only 40 children coming each week. And in four months, by work, having that collaborative approach and working together in synergy, we were able, just in cricket alone, I'm not speaking of football or the other sports, we were able to get interaction of 150 kids attending every single week from 24 ethnicities. And that was just in four months after 2018 by working together. So it's very, very important. And um, we've used it. So it's funnily um, with this being a Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire played a very important role in this. And I'll explain how. Dr. J. Simon Roth um, from Stevenage. Um, he's, you know, the co-founder of Sports Diplomacy, and he's from the University of London. And um, when he invited me to deliver a lecture on how the, a refugee integration strategy that we deployed in Luton, um, I delivered a lecture to all of his students and learning about grassroots sports diplomacy, what you can do by bringing sports together and the impact grassroots sports diplomacy can have on a town like Luton, especially with us telling you Sri Lankan, Indian, Sikh population, Muslim, Christian, different faith, the Caribbean community. So there's a cocktail of diversity in the town. How did we bring it together? So we, we've, we've tried to integrate our partners, which, we, which you mentioned earlier, and I, and I also mentioned that we use a framework called streets, where sports is the, the model that brings recruitment, education, employment, and technology, bringing them together. And we use them seven underlying strategies to try and create sustainability. So 
we were able to do that through the multiple partners like Bedfordshire Police. Um, they, you know, some of our youth have developed to, be, to have an interest to join the police, but at the same time, we've worked on early intervention programs like combat cricket. Luton's one of the highest, you know, regions in the country with high violence and exploitative crime. So what we did was guys and girls or individuals who were causing challenges on the street, cricket wasn't for them. They preferred MMA, boxing. So what did we do? We, we, we formed a new program called Combat Cricket, where for half of the session, they'll do MMA. For the rest of the half of the session, they'll play cricket. So by creating that Combat Cricket, we, we were nominated for the National Prime Beat Award. We didn't win it, but nevertheless, we worked with the community, we worked with the youth to create a program that will make them harness their energy and use energy positively rather than on the streets. So Combat Cricket is one of the initiatives we've worked closely with Bedfordshire Police to try and reduce and tackle um, local issues. Just love that because again, it's critical that you're providing that service that's tied into the needs because the key goal, isn't it, is to gather that in engagement, um, to provide that cohesion and to really listen and then take on board that feedback and innovate like that is precisely why you guys are paving the way and doing such tremendous work. I'm a big believer, man, and I know you are, that as you talk there about the role of integration and collaboration. For me, underneath that is what the mission is here because I understand and we'll talk uh, the uh, monkey in the room or the elephant in everybody's room at the moment which is CV19 um, but I would suggest that even now perhaps even more so than ever sports crucial role is becoming very very patently clear not just intrinsically as the one everybody kind of gets which is the physical well-being but it's that mental well-being, and I would argue an element of a spiritual, or if you don't want to be so nebulous, community uh, appreciation. Just to explain to me how Wicket's has experienced that and some of your people coming through those programs have understood and gained from that mind, body, health, working together as one. It's very important because the physical and mental well-being is... You know, you could be down in the dumps and you're having a really difficult day. You could do a bit of exercise and you're going to feel good. You know, the, the chemical responses in our brain, they do wonders for us. And, and there's no doubt um, a lot of the youth in the program have benefited tremendously. And, and, and that's part of the foundation of our program. So, you know, when, when the youth come in for the first time, we give them like a little card. First five sessions they come, we give them a wristband. Five more sessions they come, we give them a T-shirt five more, they get a ball, and then they progress. And we have like a 10-step framework, which will take them from the age of five to nine, which is our youngest program for cricket. And we take them all the way through to our oldest, which is, you know, the senior leagues and walk-in cricket and everything in between. So what we're taking the youth who come into our programs is on a journey, step by step. Now, for example, we've got 16 to 19-year-olds who, some of which don't want to go to college. So what we're doing is through the program, um, you know, emphasizing on the educational or employment elements, we start, we're starting to work on their careers. Where do they want to work? What profession do they want to work? So during the program, so using sport 
for personal development and using sport for community development. So not only are we benefiting the community as a whole, we're taking each and every single individual through their journey, which either goes down either professional sport, it either leads to employment, or it leads to further education. So it's like a, a three-step route, So which starts at the age of five, really, and, and, and we're just helping them go through that journey step-by-step step and assisting them all the way through until they've got to where they want to go. And the thing is as well, Amram, irrespective of where whatever takes oneself in life based on your own skill set, your own passions, the key thing, isn't it, is confidence. And one of, some of the key stats, because ultimately all these projects live and die by their sustainability and we are a metric driven world. But these, some of these stats are absolutely wonderful to see. 87% I think felt more positive about the future through going through the Wickets program. 93% were able to make some kind of friendship bonds. Um, you know, 98% said they were more active. You tie all those together, those positive uh, feedback that guys are literally receiving and giving you, then all of that means that, you know, they're channeling it. And how it's channeled then is you've empowered them to maybe take a completely different trajectory, which is fantastic. And, and it means a lot. And that's, I think that's our driving force behind the program. When we see their smiles and we see that they have a vision and we see that they know where they want to go, then they're least likely to be, you know, lured into the life of crime or, because it's all about opportunities. And, and if we can, you know, show them opportunities early on and hence why um, <laughs> we, we take on all of the challenges. So in, in Luton, there's um, the Shared Learning Trust. We're working with them very closely. We've developed a bespoke cricket qualification equivalent to three A-levels which allows an individual to, so the ones, the participants that go through the program, if they want to pursue cricket or further education, they go onto this course. And this course isn't like any other college course. Um, apart from giving them the, the, you know, the education and the stance to become a professional cricketer, we've added on like a, a 20 hours voluntary part of the program. So what happens is this creates sustainability. Through this college program, you know, 20, 30 children will be given 20 hours, of, you know, an academic year back onto community program. And we're going to be training all of these individuals to become coach support workers and ECB level one qualified coaches. So every single year we will have a sustainable stream of coaches, which will allow, I mean, just wickets alone, 491 sessions we delivered in one year. That's what we deliver in a year. And that's just one program. So Amran, say through. that again, because, you know, my maths isn't so strong, but that's more than one a day. That is, because we have five to nine, eight to 16 in one program. So we have Chance to Shine Street. We have MCC Foundation. We have, you know, Dynamo's Cricket, All Stars. We've brought all of the cricketing brands into one town. And, and, and it's been dispersed in such a way that there's an escalator approach from participation cricket to performance cricket and we're very very fortunate to have you know a strong network of first class counties so you know Gavin Warren at North Hans he's an absolute gem he looks upon Luton and gives us the development and support that we need we have Essex you know and and, and even beyond that so we, we have a very large network so anybody who comes to our program apart from being a participation program if they have talent 
we, we have the mechanism in place that can take them to represent the country. It's just so well structured, so well considered. And again, those stats don't lie. Uh, one of the great privileges in my life, going back a few moons now, I was uh, out in India. I once pitched myself as some kind of traveler par excellence. It was a two-week vacation <laughs> with some friends, you know. But uh, we were out uh, where the um, Slumdog Millionaire was filmed. And I made a point. I said, look, guys, I want to go. And they were like, no, no, I'm not, not for this. But I was out basically in the slums. And Amram, I have never in all my life seen so many consecutive games of cricket going on with different <laughs> ages and the, the, the sheer joy. And we're not talking like they were having like grey nickels, bats and this and that. It was improvised and whatever they had, they used. But the sheer joy of that, and again, that sense of cohesion in community in what were slum conditions, so let's not shy away from that, for me yeah. was one of the most humbling, eye-opening experiences that I've ever had the privilege to encounter. Um, obviously, we're not quite there, but just talk to me a bit about the passion that you see developing here through the Wickets programme. You know the, the the program is growing at a, you know unbelievable rate, and and you know the amount of kids who are coming to the program who hadn't played cricket before. So we're not just getting passionate crickers; we're getting those who have never tried it before. And so you know it, it, it's growing at an unbelievable rate. But you know it's what's funny is because of the South Asian community and their love of cricket, it's it's remarkable. And and if you just if we t if we look a little bit of background, so just to give you an example of. Um, this streets framework in Luton, it's being considered in a place called Peshawar in Pakistan. Now Peshawar sits on the border between Afghanistan and Pakistan. And over there, there's a refugee camp with predominantly Afghan refugees there. And the Afghan cricket team was found in that refugee camp, ironically. Wow. And, and what they were, so University of Edinburgh, University of Swansea, the British Council, um, International Cultural Relations, uh, and, uh, and, you know, our organization, we're going to be working together to see if we're able to redeploy this same framework that we've used in Luton over there. Apart from that, um, South Asian community. So in 2021, when it's safe to do so, we're planning to take the Cricket World Cup to Huddersfield and Dewsbury. Now, we've been invited by Barry Shearman and... Um, Mark Earnshaw, the MP for Dewsbury, and both are very, very similar to the demographics of Luton. South Asian population, a Kashmiri diaspora, um, who, uh, you know, are, are trying to integrate into society, but having challenges like many other South Asian areas within the country. So with Luton and its crime and statistics from far-right extremism to religious extremism and violence and exploitation, so with these three massive challenges in the town, if if we're able to, over the last three years, reduce crime here, um, now Huddersfield, Dewsbury, and, and Peshawar is where this framework seems to be going. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're going to be submitting a report to the United Nations Social and Economic Development um, on the 28th of February, highlighting the impact sport for development and sport diplomacy two very, very well-researched, studied areas has had in, 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 in Luton and with this framework. So, um, yeah, the passion is there. And I think, you know, you hit the nail on the spot when you say, it's, you know, sport 
can do more than what it's doing. And, and studies are there. And, and I think Luton is a, is a practical example of um, what you know, academics have been talking about for some time and the impact it can have. So passion is a great driver and the rest is having the processes in place to implement uh, you know, a good community development strategy. When you fuse them both, you're onto a winner. This is absolutely astonishing going globally here. Um, there are just a couple of other topics I obviously wanted to discuss, as mentioned, uh, how you've had to pivot in the uh, COVID era, as so many have had. But just quickly, um, you mentioned there the different ethnicities. I think there's 70% BAME um, pickup with over 30 different ethnicities participating uh, across you know, these, these projects, which is f fantastic. I guess it must be interesting to see how people from different diverse backgrounds, many of whom maybe are not from that traditional cricketing strongholds, come together and then weirdly find these commonalities. And that's right. And, and that's, we're, we're, we're very fortunate. And what we've been working on in Luton, so we've got a Luton Indian team, you know, we've got a Pakistani Kashmiri team and the Caribbean team um, has developed. And now we're working on Sri Lankan, a Bengali team, an Irish team. And because the English game has dwindled in Luton. So I, I'm very conscious of that fact. And prior to my arrival, or many years ago, there was... Um, and Crawley Nomads once upon a time. So I'm trying to resurrect that as well. So under that seven ethnicities cricket teams, we're hoping to have a trust that oversees them to, again, further for sustainability. And then having, you know, like yearly um, games going on and also like having mixed games. So it's very easy to, you know, become segregated through sport. But how can we overcome that is by having these end of year, mixed sports, mixed ethnicity, different postcodes coming together, uh, events, which, which basically brings everybody together um, on that one platform. So yeah, I, I believe, you know, diversity um, can be, you know, strengthened and, you know, to, to make sure there's a social and a cohesive society. And, and another example I'd like to share here is, the dwindling number of Caribbeans into the game is quite concerning. We started a youth team for the Caribbeans and we, we got kids from all over the town. So we had like seven ethnicities in the Caribbean team. While that's great for, you know, everybody coming together. However, um, you know, something that was visible was the number of Caribbean children. And, and that's because of the fact that the Caribbeans have a ground in Crawley Green and their community lives in Marsh Farm, Lucy Farm. So we've started a movement with the council to say, guys, come on, if we're gonna grow the game for the Caribbean community, we need to get them at their doorstep first. And you know, we're, you know, we're speaking to different people. Katrina's been very helpful. And hopefully we can get Colin Salmon down and introduce cage cricket yeah. in Luton. And, and, and that's basically just working smart, really. There's a lot of multi-use game areas for football. All we need to do, put a roofed net on there, let's bring urban cricket to the fore, and let's play half an hour football, which is great for cardio, it's great for cricketers as well, makes a strong core, and let's finish the day, you know, with some cricket. And, and, and that, that, that cage cricket mechanism creates that, you know, um, the start of the escalator, basically, which brings them into cricket. This is what I love, so because... That's the plan. Again, I appreciate this intrinsically, 
But what I also appreciate from just taking a different slant on things is the amazing interrelationship between grassroots feeding up to elite. Without strong grassroots, there won't be the elite stars. But sometimes you need those elite stars uh, to kind of be the role models, et cetera, et cetera. And again, uh, you, you think back to those great Caribbean sides uh, with Viv Richards and um, Courtney Walsh and Ambrose and, and Brian Lara and so many others. And then obviously there seems to be a bit of a draw these days to the NBA, which I get, that's where the money's at. But again, it will be through the grassroots that these cycles can be reversed. All it takes then is one superstar and again, things shift. And that is, I find, deeply compelling. And again, it's not necessarily if people don't want to go elite. It's just the intrinsic advantages. But I think you guys are playing a really interesting role in a shifting landscape of sporting culture. That's right. And I think that's, we know, I mean, I think the media is, you know, every day we read through the BLM movement, the challenges and racism. You know, we're, we're working with the University of London and again, Dr. J. Simon Rowe from Hertfordshire. We are hoping to create a um, cultural and diversity course, which basically brings people to realise and understand different one another. I think it's very important. Now, personally, Tony, I know, um, you know, I, I don't mind sharing this because I've got no shame. It, you know, it is what it is. I was born and raised in Luton. You know, I had bricks through the window at night. You know, I had dogs trained to run after me with the word packy. Um, I had, you know, I, you know, I was so stained, you know, like in my mind thinking, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. And I used to try and rub myself to think maybe I'll get white. And that's what my growing, that was, that's how I grew up. But with life, I've understood with time, I went to Pakistan and, and I, uh, you know, trained 6,000 people from 82 towns and cities, the English language, so they can become more employable. But when I was out there, Tony, do you know what I saw? I saw the same human beings, different color, but just racist to different people. They were racist to Afghans. They were racist to, uh, you know, Somalis. They were racist to to people from, uh, you know, uh, another country and so on. So that, it was at that point it hit me to say, people fear what they don't know. And if that's the case, then let's get together. And if it's through sport, so me, Luton Town Football Club, basketball, we're different ethnicities. But you know when we see that we share a goal and yep. we our similarities and we want to make a difference, that's enough. And that's where, you know, the diversity card, the colour card, and I believe, if we are to, you know, scale products, projects like this, and like we're going to Huddersfield, we're going to go Dewsbury, Yorkshire has been, you know, put in the news about racism. So what we're trying to do is we don't have a magic wand. Nobody we does. don't know if it's going to work. No. But what we can do is at least try, because we know um, this once divided and segregated town is more closer. I won't say it's the real McCoy and it's finished, but it's a work in motion. And, and I think um, if programs like this continue to grow, and I think at such difficult times, I think the government has to start to realise Indeed, they need to get behind projects like this because we're a charity. We, our fundraising was through, you know, events and galas and, yeah. and different events. And social distancing has stopped that. We can't do that. So as a charity, we, we you know, we're, we're firm because of the roots that we have. Yeah. But, we need the government, external businesses, and to come back, come in and say, yeah, 
we like what you stand for. We want to support you. We can't give you money, but here you go. Here's a PowerPoint presentation that you can share with your youth because in our programs, they don't just play cricket. So we get public health, we get active Luton, we get the youth offending service. They all take turns every week. They come in and they enlighten the kids. They educate the youth, which then go home and educate the parents, which then go and educate their friends. So it's a, it's a ripple. It's a wonderful head. ripple effect, isn't it? And as you rightly exactly. say, I, th- I think uh, I, I value your positivity and I appreciate uh, the energy that you're putting into this wonderful project. But I also appreciate the realism there from your own lived experiences. There are no magic wands, and a sense of prejudice seems to be somewhat, sadly, sociologically, culturally ingrained universally. But one thing for sure is that it is, again, at this grassroots level where commonality is built up, confidence is built up, uh, barriers are broken down, but over time that wonderful snowball will continue to gather momentum. Quickly, again, we'll talk COVID in just a second, uh, but I would like you now just to engage with us and tell us if you are listening, want to learn more either about the programs or if you're listening and can offer either any form of potential financial support or just any other partnership collaborative opportunities. Amran, how can we engage? What's the best website? Um, lordstaverners.org would be the best. Um, if they could visit lordstaverners.org or go onto Cricket East's website, um, both of which would be able to signpost, which will come to myself for us to then work because sustainability for us is, you know, because we have so many businesses we work with, wherever there's a hub, we're saying you can sponsor a hub, you can sponsor a child, you can sponsor an event, you can sponsor a competition. So we want it to be mutually beneficial because we're in 17 towns and cities from Glasgow down to Plymouth. So from a business marketing perspective, it's great. From a corporate social responsibility, rather than just a word, they would be making a difference. So, um, and and like I said, if they go on to YouTube, you know, Wicked's Luton's YouTube channel, there's plenty of videos which, which showcase how we've, you know, civic participation with the home office, to you know um so many different organizations coming together and, and now we haven't even had we even have an international cricketing franchise in the town so you know there's there's it's all happening so i'm sure we would be able to make whatever partnership for a business or organization um, mutually beneficial hey get involved offer help you are helping a vital project continue to do vital work We've kind of touched on it, though. Um, so many challenges hasn't there been over the last year or so. Unforeseen, um, unprecedented, what, call it what you might. Um, but the nature of an awful lot of what you guys do, of course, is that it is out there. It is, uh, you know, getting physical. And uh, the pandemic has kind of put a pause on that. Uh, I know with your attitude, you refuse to stop this momentum. But Amran... Just give us a flavour of the challenges of the last year and more critically, how you've pivoted to ensure that all this wonderful momentum, all this positive work hasn't come to a standstill. You know, I don't need to even say how difficult it's been. So from 491 programmes in a, you know, sessions in a year to online, it was a, it was a very difficult pill for the youth to swallow first and foremost. Then um, Wicked were very good to create an online hub 
which we, we created this knowledge sharing platform, which was interactive, fun, um, getting, you know, cricketing celebrities to come along and, you know, share their thoughts, give them, you know, health and well-being tips and exercises for them to embark upon on a daily. We've done things like fitness fortnight. You know, youth love Fortnite. I don't know how many of your listeners will know what Fortnite is, but it's it's a it's as big as a pandemic. It's the youth love it. And 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 what we, we tried to do was in between the games loading up, let them do some planks, let them do some exercises. Let's go and meet them where their world is. And if that's in front of a PlayStation, unfortunately, so be it. So we've tried to think out of the box, try and engage. Um, we've got the community together. So we had, you know, the faith leaders from um, from the faith groups, police, the council, and we've done like a ball throwing <laughs> thing. So from one video to another, but sharing a community message, sharing values that can help the community get through such a difficult time. So we've been, you know, we, we've been trying different things and we've had a couple of, you know, sad stories and success stories. So, you know, one of our participants, um, and I haven't mentioned today, um, but I want to stress that female cricket in Luton was absolutely, no, didn't mm. exist mm. Um, three years ago. We're proud to say we have now three female-only hubs. Um, we had Luton's first South Asian level two female coach, which was a mother of three. She used to watch her kids week in, week out, loved the game, didn't know how to get in. And, and now she's a level two coach, which was awarded an inspiration award at House of Commons. So we're fortunate that she's been there and which has helped grow the girls program and develop to a level now where, you know, we're growing further with the girls and getting them involved. And also with Lord's Taverners, with Super Ones, table cricket and wheelchair cricket. So it's not just community cricket. We're looking at disability cricket. We're trying to make sure we encompass the whole community. So we're working with SEN schools yep. and, and, and we're trying to make sure that there is something for everybody. And, and, and during this pandemic, we've been able to sort of like, at least when the programs do open, we'll hit the ground running. Perfect. And, uh, you know, so we've got the back on track as well for the expelled kids. So what, what we've been trying to do is through this pandemic, use the Zoom, sessions mm -hmm. try and do interview skills for the older ones because there's different ages we've got different sure. types of courses to, to facilitate and support the different ages within our program so it's been a challenge but fun and and and, and we've learned a lot as a charity of um, um yeah Aaron, I got a sense that you're one of life's uh, guys that kind of likes a challenge and uh, have really been <laughs> instrumental in uh, kind of backs to the wall. Well, let's let's make things better. Uh, it's really inspiring stuff. And what I really value there is, um, I, you speak to some people, and you get a sense that they use these buzzwords: integration, sport for all, inclusivity. And they're kind of buzzwords, and they're using them, and they, you know, and you think yeah, that's lovely. But what, what does it mean to you? What, mm. are, what are you actually doing to to live your values? And you sometimes get a little bit of a blank kind of look, and it doesn't really develop beyond that. But everything you've just communicated in this wonderful conversation to me, Amran, has been a man who lives what he believes and then looks to ensure that those true vital values are instilled into those who are going through at what a level. So it is 
in the truest, most literal sense of the word, inclusive and sport for all, empowering and indeed uniting our communities. Aaron, please remind us again how we can engage with uh, Wicket's development, how we can learn more, how we can possibly get involved in these exciting online hubs. And then when, as you say, uh, things return, hit the ground running and get involved. So uh, Lord's Taverners website, um, you know, .org and Cricket East website, any of these two websites, they can contact me and, and we can sit with the events teams or whichever teams that they, you know, whatever contribution that they can make, we can work together. So it'll be uh, good for everyone. Win, win. That's uh, what we're all seeking. Amran, it's been an honour and indeed a massive privilege to enjoy your inspiring company. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything else at all uh, within the great work that you're doing, continuing to do, that you'd like to highlight or draw attention to? Just that, you know, I think together we can do more. And I think if the communities, so let's not look at Bedfordshire, let's not look at Hertfordshire, because sometimes, you know, within a town, just like this postcode on Marsh Farm, Lucy Farm, or, you know, and, and sometimes within counties, you know, there's lines are created and, oh, they're not from here. No, I think Dr. Simon Rofe in Hertfordshire and myself in Bedfordshire have showed that how two neighbouring counties can work together to do more. And, and, and we're open. And I think if, if this and people, if people just shared this message, as far as I'm concerned, this is a framework which we're hoping uh, and are working in nationally and internationally. So I just think it, it'll be good for most communities. So wherever we can help and, and support any community, we're there, we're there to help. Amran, love what you do. Truly, I do. It's been awesome. Uh, keep up the good work, sir. I know you will. Keep well, keep safe. And I wish you and all the wider team there at Wickets and uh, Lord's Taverners every continued joy, success and happiness. Thank you ever so kind. Thank you very much, Tony. Much obliged.